this was just boring. There was nothing going on. It was a mental nothing for me. It really was. There was nothing told. Oh my god, I just choked while I said that. <laughs> it's because you were so shocked to see me. I know, I can't believe you're back. Is it because you're so shocked to see me looking so bronzed and beautiful? A tanned goddess I didn't even recognize. I am a bronzed goddess. Um, thank you all for bearing with me as I went on vacation for the last week and a half. It was soul cleansing. I am bronzed. I also think that I have a hairline fracture in my foot. Perfect. So, and you know what? I couldn't get bronzed and beautiful without being a little humbled. Every rose has its thorn, to make a and, bachelor pun. Yeah. And you know what? The, the peak of my trip was getting to spend so much time with my boyfriend, go to the beach, get become a bronzed goddess. The pit of my trip is the hairline fracture in my foot, which um, everyone bear with me today as we recap this episode. I watched it today on the plane while I was experiencing turbulence and high anxiety. So Emily really might have to steer this ship, but um, I little little story for our listeners and for Emily. So today I had a connecting flight and my connection was supposed to be an hour and 40 minute layover. Like I said, I hurt my foot on vacation. Well, my flight from St. Louis, Missouri, did not take off for an hour and 15 minutes after it was supposed to because they thought that someone snuck onto the plane. So they had to card every single person on the plane and cross-reference us with a list to make sure that we were supposed to be there. Upon doing this, it took an hour and 15 minutes. The flight from St. Louis to Chicago, where the connection was, was only a 35-minute flight, but it took an hour and 15 minutes to ID everybody. Once they did this, they realized that nobody snuck onto the flight. They just overbooked the flight. So then we took off, like absolutely nothing happened. Then I landed at Chicago Midway at 1237. My next flight began boarding at 1240 in a different terminal. So I, on my hairline fractured foot, took off at a full sprint through Chicago Midway Got to my gate just in the nick of time, and my foot has been throbbing ever since. I am so sorry. That's happened to me before, where, like, I had a layover, and my first flight got so delayed, like, but not actually a formal delay, to the yeah. point where, like, I couldn't go up and be like, what are my options? It was just like, mm, just sit on the plane for two hours, and then we'll take off. So, and I've done that and fully sprinted, although I didn't have a hairline fracture, so. The one, the one perk that was hilarious. They kept telling someone, if you're not supposed to be on this flight to Chicago Midway, please stand up. No one's standing up because everyone was fucking supposed to be there. This one guy, after he gets his ID checked, he stood up to go to the bathroom. And so everybody thought that he was the guy that snuck on the plane. So everyone starts booing this man. And he was like, I'm fine. I had my ID checked. I have to pee. And I, I have was to like, pee. This you goblins. My you goblins. <laughs> so oh anyway, my that's my story from today. I do have a hairline fracture. Well, I actually don't know that. I haven't been to a doctor. <laughs> so we don't know what it is. It could honestly be nothing, but it's been hurting for a week. <laughs> so it's just, an, it's placebo. Um, 
so well yeah so with that kayla had quite a day and got to watch um this heartbreaking episode from last night which was like not anything too unexpected honestly a pretty good tell-all they were really easy on katie we didn't get like a lot of like we got we got the drama for sure but we didn't get a lot of like oh you're in the hot seat moments like even thomas wasn't like in the hot seat so yeah, I mean, I I know that you and Tara like live for the men tell all slash women tell all. I don't. Um, it's not my favorite episode of the season. I actually prefer after the final rose. I like to get, I, I like to get all the gossip and all the details once the season is over. Like I like to know what happens and then go back and revisit it. The mental all just falls at a weird time for me because I don't know the questions that I want the answers to until I know how the season ends. I agree. I agree with that. I like the tell all. I like the bloopers and I like seeing all the guys in one place. I like after the final rose because I obviously like hearing from the lead and whoever they pick, although I'm a little worried about this season, but like, I don't think I'm going to want to hear from whoever she picks, but um, I like, I like men tell all because I typically really like the men and, and this year is no exception. I really like the men. So I like seeing yeah. them all in one place and, and have their final bro moment. But I think you're right. It's like, I don't get anything out of it because I don't have any questions yeah. yet. I mean, I'm like, she's not able to give it. There's not like they're going to spoil it. So it's like, even if she and Michael A got back together or something crazy, they're not going to tell us right now. So right. it's like, we're not even getting answers. We're just getting like fake closure that might not even be closure. Like, right. for all we fucking know, she could be with John the bartender right now. And we would have no fucking I idea. I would love that. But can you imagine we're, like, talking about the ending, like, and how we're going to hate it because we kind of, you know, think that she's going to pick Blake Moyne. Can you imagine we get to the fucking end and she's, like, engaged to Justin? <laughs> no. And they sit in separate chairs at the after the final rose because they have no connection. <laughs> Um, I mean, I guess they're, the reason, and Nick Vial said this, and I agree, is he said, I think Katie's keeping Justin because she wants a fantasy suite with him. And I was like, and baby, I'd do the same. I get it. He's hot. I, yeah, 10 out of 10. Right? I agree um, with that. I think that he's right because they have no emotional connection, but um, she does want to boom, boom. So I get and it. I get that. So we, um, we kick off, this was a weird format for me because usually the men tell all is its own thing. Some seasons we get two episodes a week. One is a tell all and the other is a regular episode. When they were cramming it all in recently, they've done it like in one week and it's so much. But this is like, we didn't even get, and like, I think it was last season, maybe it was Matt James season. They did an hour of regular episode and then an hour of tell all. That's also weird. This was even weirder. They did like half an hour of a regular episode and then an hour and a half of tell-all. Didn't make any right. sense. No. Um, the only reason they cut it this way and it becomes obvious is because Michael A. was obviously at the men tell-all, but we had not seen Michael A. get eliminated, so it wouldn't have made sense for him to be there unless they showed us like the half an hour of episode. Right. That being said, the episode does kick off with um, we see Tasha and Katie going for a walk. Katie says a very normal person thing where she says she doesn't want to tell anybody but the winner that she loves them. That's what a sane person would do. And Tasha, God lover, is like, that's not how the show works. Tasha's like, I told more people I was falling in love with them. We're like, yeah, we know, babe. Like, <laughs> Tasha's like probably my favorite bachelorette. Like, I thought she was Same. a fantastic bachelorette. But like, it is so true. I'm like, yeah, I would never, I, w- I don't even know that I'll tell my husband that I love him until the situation wedding demands it 
Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly not posting on him on social media until we're married. Like, like, I don't know. So to tell three different guys, you know, and, and Tasha really didn't. She's like, I told more than one person I was falling for them. And it's like, yeah, but falling for is different. As Hunter says later in the episode, terrible news. The worst person you know has made an excellent point. Um, but... Yeah, Tasha's very like fran- being very a French, very much a franchise plant in this moment. She's like, "Do it, <laughs> like, just tell them all. Who cares?" Tasha, Tasha is the drama. She's like, she "Tell them the all, you love them." She is the drama. She's like, "What if you did?" So, <laughs> I love that for her. But um, yeah. So we see this little walk. Uh, Tasha's like, "Tell all of them you love them. Call up some of the people you sent home. Tell them you love them. It'll all be great." Tell Andrew. And then they talk about Katie then talks about Michael, which is like kind of where we're like mm, tipped off to the fact that something's about to and we see in the down. preview something's about to go down with Michael. Like this yeah. was not a surprise. But she starts talking about how she's ready to be a mom and all of these things, and it's like, yes, 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 but also where is this going? Definitely somewhere negative. Yeah, so that actually brings me to an interesting point because what we're about to see is heartbreaking. So basically Michael A, we see him get on FaceTime with his son, which I love that they let him FaceTime his son because a lot of times it's a zero contact environment. But I love that they prioritized him being able to talk to his son, especially because what we love about Michael A the most is how gracefully and wonderfully he handles being a single parent. But being that he is a single parent, this is the only parent his son has. So I'm glad the franchise decided to have a heart and let him communicate with his son. So he's on FaceTime with his son and he's like, I miss you. And they're talking and his son says, I know what the problem is. Maybe daddy left because he doesn't want to see me. And we see Michael try to bounce back and he's like, no, don't you dare say that. Like kind of trying to joke around and mess around. But then they hang up the FaceTime and he's just like absolutely devastated, which he should be because that's so sad. Yeah, Um, I cannot even imagine. I mean, we're (laughs) obviously, we're fucking obviously not parents. I can't imagine, (laughs) can you imagine? Um, I cannot imagine being a parent and your child saying that to you. And like, and and Michael A, you know, has said and showed him saying like, no, daddy just has some work stuff. Like he's not saying anything about like, I'm going to find you a new mommy or anything like crazy. I'm going to go home with a new mommy. (laughs) Right. But of course his four-year-old is like trying to grasp the concept. Like his dad's been gone for so long. So probably the longest they've ever been apart. So, so devastating. And Michael, he like hugs one of the like producers or crew members and they like hug him and he's like, thank you. And like, he's, he's emotional as anyone. I was emotional and it wasn't even my child. And I was like, I'm devastated. Well, (laughs) I think what's interesting, basically Michael makes the decision that it doesn't matter how he feels about Katie. His son needs him. So he needs to go home. So he goes to talk to Katie about this, but this brings me to an interesting point because the devil works hard, but reality Steve does work pretty fucking hard because last week I also like listened to our podcast when Tara and James were on. And last week, Tara mentioned that reality Steve had spoiled that Michael A didn't have a hometown. And Tara was like, but he got a rose. So he does have a hometown. Reality Steve works fucking hard because Michael A did get a rose, but he will not have a hometown. And to be fair, there were a few hints of this also that like reality steve honestly should be booted off the planet because he's so tired Mm -hmm. of the spoilers but but it wasn't that hard to guess because when they filmed women or when they filmed the women tell all it's just tasha and caitlin um when they filmed the men tell all all the guys were posting on instagram like and tiktok like passing the phone to like that challenge and michael a was there so it was clear that he was at the men tell all so people were like skeptical and then also katie went on caitlin briscoe's podcast 
I think it was Caitlin Bristow's podcast this past week and was talking about watching the FaceTime that happened last week and how it was her first time seeing Michael interact with James. And so it was like a half spoiler. It was, it was like, yeah. oh, so she didn't meet James. Does that mean he didn't get a hometown or does that just mean that James wasn't at his hometown? Which would have like, been the case even if he had had a hometown. So right. That so was, it was only a half. It was only a half spoiler, but there were like some hints leading up to it where other people were speculating because they were like, "It seems like he was at Mental All. A little weird he would be there." I mean, so yeah. Anyway, well, it was also weird. Um, not weird. I totally respect Michael's decision to not put his son on TV at four years old. Totally respect it. But that being said, it does make you wonder about whether Michael ever saw this leading to an engagement because he has said James is the most important person in my life his opinion means everything to me like this is my son he is the light of my life and he was actively choosing to not have Katie meet him and again I totally respect the decision to not have your four-year-old on tv like a hundred percent but I just find it hard to believe that a father as devoted as Michael A who his entire world is his son would comfortably get engaged to a woman who hadn't even met James. Like, I just find that unlikely, especially because God forbid, what if James met Katie and they just didn't vibe? I know he's only four and that's kind of crazy, but like what kids, like what if he met her and didn't like her, you know? And then Michael A is just like engaged to her. So it does, I think Michael A is the most genuine man in the world. I'm not calling his character into question, but it does make you wonder how serious he really saw this getting if he was making the choice to not have James meet her. Right. And when other leads have had kids and even some contestants, there was also Jason Mesnick had a son, of course, and has still has a son. Um, but when he was the lead, had a his son was really young and he had a contestant, Stephanie, who was on his season, who also had a daughter. And he, Jason surprised Stephanie for their one-on-one by bringing her daughter to the show. And their one-on-one yeah. was like a theme park with her. So that was an example of a contestant whose kid was there and did meet the leads kid. But also if I'm remembering correctly, and I might not be Emily Maynard, when she was the lead has a daughter, I think I've talked about it before, but she, I don't think had, and I don't think she had anyone meet her daughter. Her daughter stayed with her the whole time she was there, but I don't think that anybody, any of the guys met her daughter until her top two. And then the top two met her daughter and then like, hung out with her for the day I'm pretty sure I feel like it's a little weird because it's like it's a one week difference or two week difference so it's like and in bachelor time that's like an eight day difference right like bachelor time is like four a week is four days so it's like I guess I would have gotten it and maybe he wanted to wait until he was like top two to really like secure that he was going that like it was more likely that he was going to get engaged maybe he was worried that like He's, you know, he's top four right now. If he introduces her to James and then gets sent home, how does that confuse his kid versus right. being top two and being like, okay, it's a little bit closer. It's more likely to be reality. Now, you know, here's my child. Right. Here. And here it does remind me of Amanda Stanton on Ben Higgins season. She had two daughters that Ben met on hometowns and then he sent her home after hometowns. And his reasoning I thought was very appropriate. He was like, I just don't see this going farther and I don't want to drag your kids into it. I don't want to whatever. And Ben Higgins has been very open about it since his season stopped that he was producer pressured to meet her children, even though he knew she was not the winner. Um, 
So it is a sticky situation. It just it just struck me as odd. I was like, I find it unlikely that Michael A. would get engaged to a woman who had never yeah. met his son. I think so too. I wonder if maybe he wanted to wait until it was like Top more two, of a, yeah. felt felt like more of a sure thing or like there's no such thing as a sure thing when you're a contestant. But like, you know, yeah. I don't know. But I don't know. And maybe he didn't want them to meet at all. In which case, it's like, well, he definitely wouldn't have gotten engaged. Right. So Michael goes to Katie's room um, and he basically tells her about the FaceTime call. Katie, you can tell, is very caught off guard um, and upset. And she says that she saw them going all the way to the end. And he basically says that he did, too. Um, and then he gives her the um, the what's it called? The stopwatch. The, stop, stopwatch the stopwatch. Or, yeah. And, and he pocket watch stopwatch. I don't know. He gives it to her and says that. um he gave it to her at limo arrivals uh, because he felt that time was the most important thing. And um, he gives it to her again. And he says that time and love are like the topics of the show. And he thought that love was going to be the harder one to obtain. So that was just a little knife in the heart, basically saying that he does love Katie, but he didn't have enough time. And he thought that that was going to be the easier of the two. Um, really, 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 really sad. And then we get a heartbreaking confessional of Katie where she says that I knew what my life would be if I chose Michael and it was a life that I wanted. I know that we have some listeners who choose to remain spoiler free and I love that for them. But based on the spoilers, she has chosen someone she is engaged. And it makes me wonder if that person wouldn't be in the position they are in if Michael A had stayed because she does seem like that was the person she was the most committed to a life with yeah like life yeah yeah exactly um my sister and I were talking and my sister said last week she said I think Michael A is going to self-eliminate and I think she and Greg are going to get in a fight and I think she's going to choose, she's going to be stuck choosing someone, stuck, quote unquote. I, it, obviously, yeah. it's the top four. It's somebody that I'm sure she can picture herself with. But it feels like she might get, she might choose someone that's like, well, if these things, if these events hadn't occurred, ha- would it have ended differently? Well, that's exactly um, Peter and Hannah Ann. Yeah. Like, Peter yep. did not want yep. to get engaged to Hannah Ann. And then she no. was literally the only person left. So he proposed. And it was very weird. And and Hannah Ann, because the contestant bubble is so weird, when Hannah Ann got proposed to, she was like, great. Like, she didn't really know, well, was he, in love with me the whole time. Like, And he's like, Maddie's gone, as if he sent her home, when in reality, Maddie was like, bye. <laughs> like, right. He, like, framed it horribly, too. But, yeah, like, she didn't know. Like, that's – and she wouldn't know. And so it is weird. And to be fair, Tasha said the same thing when Brendan self-eliminated last season, and she was like, I really saw us at the end. I don't know if she said it to him. I think she said it to Rachel Lindsay. But it's like, at the same time, it's like, yeah, I don't think she and Brendan, I loved Brendan. We know this. But I don't think she and Brendan were like endgame. But it is interesting when they self-eliminate at this point, like, would things have been different if that if this hadn't happened? Yeah. Because um, I think Michael A. and was definitely the person she saw the most of a, of a, of a defined future with. I think she has better mm-hmm. chemistry with Blake and Greg, yeah. but chemistry does not a relationship make. And I think that Michael A was the person she saw the most like future with. Um, right. 
So that is obviously really sad. And that's also your nightmare as a lead because the whole point of being the lead is that you get to choose. Like all these guys are there for you and it's your choice who you end up with. And it's supposed to be a foolproof system where the lead doesn't get dumped. Like you already got dumped on The Bachelor. That's why you're now the lead. Like it's supposed to be a pretty comfortable spot for the lead. So when someone who's such a front runner self eliminates, it does like Maddie, like it does throw such a big wrench into it. Yeah, it happens a lot. And you if you're gonna as the lead get like dumped you want it to be like week three like someone's just like ah not gonna get I just I you're not the person I thought you were I don't really know you I don't have feelings for you I'm leaving not like you know one of your final weeks obviously someone you've formed a connection with that's that's tough and that's like of course what you want to avoid so and he says like you taught me that that I can love again you taught me how to love again like all this stuff and it's just like (laughs) twist the knife twist the knife my friend um, um devastating so nice. just devastating stuff and and people were on twitter like i just think if they if either of them really wanted it they would fight for it and i'm like okay fine but like again i cannot speak to what it's like to be a parent and having my child say that to me like people were like yeah. if michael a really wanted it he would fight for it and i'm like yeah but imagine your your kid says that like there's no like he couldn't katie, say yeah in my mind katie's lucky that she got a face-to-face i would be on the airplane like fucking yeah jet blue wi-fi texting her <laughs> like i'd be like hey i let by like, jet blue sky fi yeah thanks sky fi <laughs> like bitch no way like i i was yeah. out of there so it's like i don't think that's really fair and they were like well if katie really wanted it she would fight for it and i'm like i'm sure but i also think like you know she still had other like quote-unquote options at that point i'm like yeah, she had other things to explore i don't know sometimes you have to just accept it yeah, so Michael A. leaves, um, and then that's pretty much all we get of the regular episode, and then we go into the men tell all, which oh, we kind of kick right off with just, like, the least surprising thing, Carl trying to get screen time. Um, this is a Paradise audition. We do know at this point that Carl is going to be on Paradise, um, but that's all the men tell all really is. It's a Paradise audition. Um, it's the people who didn't get enough screen time vying for screen time so that they can go to paradise which is why we heard more but from brendan and the tell-all than we ever did in an episode at this point wasn't paradise already wrapped they filmed this like two weeks ago and paradise was wrapped you know what you you shut me the fuck up these but like these... you're not wrong it's them trying to be relevant so when you watch paradise you're like i remember him but, like, because I have a very weird timeline question about Connor B, which we're, we'll get to later because his whole thing was weird. But, like, he goes to Paradise, and then what happened on Tell All happened. And I was like, so clearly he doesn't, okay, like, what's going on? Right. Very weird. Very weird timeline. It's usually not like this, obviously. They're trying to catch up, whatever. Well, but it's, like, been filmed. We'll get to the Connor B thing in a second because there was actually something that got leaked about the Connor B tell-all moment. But yeah, Carl does his best to get screen time because they they call him out for his whole like saying that there were men in the house that were there for the right reasons. Brendan brings up a good point. He was like, Carl got lucky that Thomas ended up being what Carl was accusing people of being. But Carl didn't know that when he made those accusations. And Carl's basically like, yeah, I did. Yeah, I for sure was talking about Thomas. I was for sure talking about Thomas. Carl was like watching back the season, vigorously taking notes on who sucked. He was like, oh, I was talking about Thomas and Hunter, dude. Like, like bitch, whole time. Fucking 
You were talking about anybody. And yeah, Brendan was honestly coming out with some points. Aaron was trying to say something. Baby, what the fuck are you ever talking about? I love you so much, but God, you need to shut your fucking mouth sometimes. Um, I never know what he's saying. He's like always like, bro, that is no. It's <laughs> like, Aaron, um, English? No, it's like actually ridiculous. Um, and then, yeah, it's just Carl, like absolutely who the fuck asked you? Anything. Nobody cares, Carl. Well, they had to give Carl screen time. Carl should actually be very glad that Thomas was not in attendance or Carl would have gotten no screen time. It's true. And Thomas was not there. Um, and you know what? This is what I got to say about that. I don't like the word pussy to be used derogatorily to describe a man because it's extremely derogatory toward women. But for lack of a better phrase, not going to the men tell all because you think you're going to get heat, whether you're a guy or a girl, for lack of a better expression, it's pussy shit. Go to the tell all. It is. Face your demons, you fucking coward. Like you (laughs) behaved that way. Face your fuck up. I respect the hell out of a villain who goes and takes the heat and answers the questions. And you know what? The one of the best ones I've seen, he didn't fall on the sword as much as I wanted him to because he was in the wrong. But when Blake Hortzman was in paradise, he went to the tell all for paradise and sat on the hot seat for like the entire fucking episode while everybody questioned him. And it would have been so easy for Blake Hortzman who had a lot more to answer for because he was a fan favorite he showed up and he took the heat and he answered the questions. Not well. He should have answered them no. better. But he went there and he did it and he showed face. Thomas, nobody gives a fuck about. And it just makes you look like a clown that you didn't show up. It's like literally insane. I'm like, if Carl showed up, babe, babes, you could show up. It was insane. And then, and also, um, unrelated but related Tasha, when they get to the thomas part Tasha's like i'm sure you noticed someone's missing and i was like yeah john the fucking bartender where is he he wasn't there i was he hangs out with him he hangs They're out friends. with him they are friends i was like john the bartender couldn't be at the tell-all flips table right didn't was right. like barely there for the season and i was like how dare he how dare he not show up but yeah it was such it was just absolute coward move so then carl obviously takes all the heat hunter takes a little bit of heat uh, Hunter also defends Thomas. He's like, I don't think, he goes, I don't think Thomas is a bad guy. And, yeah. and everyone's like, no one's saying he's a bad guy. And then Aaron's like, I am. <laughs> no one's saying he's a bad guy. No, I think he's a bad guy. Right. And then like, Connor nice. has to jump in and defend Hunter. Right. Because Hunter admits that he lied to Katie when Katie was like, did you make a top four prediction? And Hunter said no when the season was airing. He gets called out about it. He's like, yeah, I did lie. And then the guys kind of get on Hunter a little bit. And then Connor, the cat, is like, Hunter was my roommate. He's a good guy. He was here for the right reasons, whatever. And I guess having yeah. someone like Connor defend you is like a decent show of character. Yeah. But And to be fair to Hunter, he goes, in hindsight, I wish I'd said the perfect things, but I didn't. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure if I went on the show, I would hope I wouldn't say anything, like, because Hunter was just fucking annoying, honestly. But, like, I would hope I wouldn't say anything, like, terrible. But, like, I'm sure there would be things I look back on, oh, I wish I had said something perfect and I didn't in that moment. Yeah. It sucks. Everything's recorded. You're on camera 24-7. Like, you're bound to say something offensive or or wrong. Yeah. So it's like, you know what? Yeah, I think Hunter said, said all he could. I just don't, I mean, we're not 
we're not Hunter fans. We're not Hunter haters. We don't really care over here. So it was just kind of like, okay, cool. Thanks for owning it. Like nobody's going to be perfect. Um, I think he deserved some heat, but I was like, yeah, just, just be, move on. Who cares? So then we go to kind of one of the first, um, more like hero edit hot seats where we get Connor B. We see the montage of him in the cat costume to when he leaves in the limo, the whole thing that they do. And they kind of start talking about how Katie said they didn't feel, she didn't feel spark when they kissed. And then Connor says something funny. He's like, when I got home, I texted a few people I've kissed to make sure I wasn't a bad kisser. And like, that was funny. Like, that's that what I would funny. do. When I was I got for he show, was like, like all of my all of my exes like hey by the way do you think i'm a bad kisser no spoilies but do you think i'm bad at kissing yeah no i would totally do the same thing it was funny and like connor is a charming enough guy he's fun to watch when he's being like silly i was like yeah whatever i'll watch a connor quote unquote hot seat says that i'm like great you still have me and then this next moment so yeah he says that he texted a few people he's kissed to see if he was actually a bad kisser Suddenly, a woman in the audience named Tara, not our Tara, stands up and says there's no way that he's a bad kisser. And they share a very passionate kiss. And I will say, by way of Bachelor things, this did seem more impromptu than other stuff that's happened that is clearly planned. However, the woman was miked. She was miked. So, she stands up and is, and it wasn't like a Q&A you go to where there's like a stand mic and you go yeah, up and yeah. you're talking to it. Like she fucking had a wireless on. So then I'll have to find it and post it to our Instagram, which I know we say we'll do all the time and then we slack on Instagram, but I really will. It was a casting notice for a woman for the tell-all to do this thing. So, and it didn't say Connor B specifically. It just said like, what the event was going to be. So there was a casting notice put out for this. So it very clearly was planned. There was a casting notice. She was miked. Like, it was very obviously not just this impassioned woman in the audience. Mm -hmm. But they go on to kiss again as we go to commercial. And... This is the thing. So we, this is where Paradise comes into play. So it's confirmed that Connor goes to Paradise. Paradise is already filmed. Paradise filmed before oh, the tell-all. Right. So either Connor went to Paradise, didn't meet anybody, and was single for the men tell-all, or they just think the fans of this show are so stupid that we won't put the timeline together. Because, like, can you imagine how fucking awkward this yeah. is going to be now if we watch Paradise and he leaves with somebody? Dude, yeah, I'm like, can you fucking, like, it just, like, spoiled everything. I mean, I'm like, I wasn't so invested in the Connor B timeline in Paradise. He's not a Paradise guy to me. Paradise is for yeah. the hot, annoying people. Like, Connor, it's like, oh, you're a little too wholesome. I don't really want to see that. But it's Aaron's time. It's Aaron's time to shine. Like, Paradise yes. is mwah, mwah, Aaron central. And Trey, even. Because I like, I actually don't think Trey is annoying. Aaron is so fucking annoying. Trey is, like, really not. But I'm excited to see him. But, like, it's just not Connor B's moment. That being said... It's frustrating because I was like, okay, so basically Connor doesn't find love, which if he goes home in the first like three weeks won't be, you know, it'll be fine. I I don't care. But if he's like there and like forming a connection with someone and we have to watch that for like weeks knowing now that it, it, it's not currently still happening. It's like, that's a waste of my time. (laughs) And if it is, that's like, let's say he does leave with someone and they are together, then it's icky. 
it's icky. It's like, don't make him kiss someone then. Just don't have that moment. Like it was so, and yeah. then, and she too, the girl who did it is a musician. She's like releasing new music. Five days ago, somebody screenshotted her Instagram post and like Connor's commenting on it and they're like flirting in her comments. So, oh my God. Yeah. So there's like all this shit that's like, okay, so these two are like flirting now and whether they're doing it for like, t- you know, it's fucking TV. It's The Bachelor. Yeah. Like we get it. But still, it's like, okay, so they're openly flirting on the internet. This timeline doesn't make sense. And like, I don't think, I mean, no, they filmed the Mentello like two weeks ago and Paradise had wrapped. Like that's confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's wrapped, it's done. And the tell-all was only a few weeks ago. It was not, it, they didn't do it super early in the season. So it was just such a weird thing for them to like, because it clearly wasn't a mistake. So I was like, why are you doing this? Like, you're just yeah. It. it was it was stupid. So and it was, it was even regardless dumb. of if he didn't go to paradise, I don't want to see anyone do that. I think it's so so dumb. I In the age of tacky. COVID, what if he got the Delta variant? Come on, like be fucking be fucking <laughs> smart here, people. Was she vaxxed? So like, like, what are like, you doing? We're gonna bubble all of our contestants the entire time of filming to avoid COVID risks, but we will have our contestants make out with strangers at the tell-all. Like, where's no your sense. vaccination card, bitch? Makes no so, sense. It was just the cringiest shit ever, and the guys all lose their minds, which is like the only thing that made it palatable, because I love seeing just a group of grown men leap to their feet and start jumping up and down like it's a football game. <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, get it! Like, oh my god, okay. <laughs> major event we get is andrew auditioning to be the bachelor again this is the thing that's interesting though he says nothing we haven't heard before he was like i just want someone to pick me for me and i felt like me and katie had such a great connection he said nothing all that interesting that being said when he went home people were talking about him being the next bachelor i think there's definitely a possibility of him being the next bachelor i think the two people that are getting most talked about from this season are michael a if he would do it and andrew which either option I would be fine with, but what's interesting about this upcoming Bachelor season is that we have Paradise and a whole other season of The Bachelorette's guys. Michelle's Two. season. And yeah. Tisha's, because they didn't choose someone from Tisha's last right. time. So, so if they have, really wanted to pull, like, Riley, like, they totally could. Anything yes. goes. So we have Tasha's men, Katie's men, Michelle's men. And there's always the possibility that a returning guy in paradise is going to make a strong impression and they'll pick him. Grocery store Joe, please. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Can you fucking imagine if grocery store Joe went from eliminated night one of Becca Cooper in the season of The Bachelorette to miraculously being in paradise somehow, to going on Dancing with the Stars, to being back in paradise, to then being The Bachelor? I can see the promo now, him holding a grocery bag with a rose in it out, like, a la how they always do the posters. With, like, some Um, joke about using self-checkout. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'd check you out any day or something, like, fucking ridiculous. So, anyway, uh, no, there's so many possibilities, and I feel like we we did this last, we did this with Tasha season two. We were like, because Matt James was already announced. So right. we were already thinking about next year, and we were already saying, I would love to see Ivan or Brendan or Ben or whoever as The Bachelor. Like, we were having yeah. this conversation in the fall, we're having the same one now, and we're going to have the same one again this coming fall. So, yeah. It's just, anything there's goes. a lot there's of a guys lot. to choose from. And they, and luckily for Tasha and Katie, and I'm sure Michelle too, we've had back-to-back seasons of great guys. 
there genuinely are a lot of options. So this like weird bachelor edit for Andrew, I was kind of like, okay, like maybe he'll be the bachelor. I don't know. I think it'd be a great bachelor, but I think a lot of people would be a great bachelor. Right. And he's like nice enough. He he would be a pretty standard kind of boring bachelor. I I think I'm like, yeah. yeah, I don't think anything special, you know? And that's where like, I, I understand that it would be really hard for Michael A to be the bachelor because he has his son and, and I know that it would be something like he a hundred percent has to want to do it. But at the same time, I think it would be interesting. It would break up this like monotony that we've had recently of like really young guys who don't really know what they want. Yeah. Being the bachelor and like kind of just being the same and being a little bit boring and like, eh, okay. Versus yeah. like Michael A, they'd have to cast older women, not older, but older than they do. So not Kit, you know, not Wait, 21. Did you see... Maybe it was Photoshopped, but did you see the casting announcement for the bachelor? No, I it maybe it was photoshopped, so like maybe I'm embarrassing myself by saying this because it was kind of mm-hmm. blunt. Oh. But the bachelor casting announcement, I'm pretty sure it came from a legitimate bachelor page, mm-hmm. said something about casting women over the age of 30, moms, and divorcees. So, so unless someone made real, that, maybe, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I would like to see it, frankly, as much as I did yeah. just apply. So please Speaking don't make of, But I would like to see a season that's not hey, just a bunch you're of You're a mother. You're Eddie's I'm, mom. I have a cat. And <laughs> also I would keep it they they have to cast one wild card who's like twenty four and stupid, right? <laughs> Pick me. Um, <laughs> oh my god. So no, I think I would love to see it. I would love to see a season that's not just a bunch of twenty one year olds who wanna have a fat fit fun deal. To the effect of what you guys were talking about last episode when you got submitted again for The Bachelor, where they still ask you the weight question, I was giving this a lot of thought on the plane. While we're talking about getting people of different ages, people of different races, ethnicity, all all sorts of stuff, why in the world, why in the world do we still ask people what their weight is to go on this show? Why? Because you want to know something? Your weight means nothing it means literally it means nothing your weight is the least interesting thing about you so for them to ask this question it's like they're so first of all your weight doesn't make you magically compatible with someone they only date men who are under (laughs) like that's like the most insane asinine shit and so yeah i would love to see some fucking body diversity in this franchise which we've been saying forever and it's it's like it's really frustrating like it's really frustrating that it's still asked. It's frustrating that the connotation of it is like so incorrect. It's like this, this, this literally doesn't even mean anything. You don't get anything for me saying my weight. And it's frustrating that like, we are only casting like petite. If you're, if you're physically looking at the cast of the show, it's all really, really petite women. And it's like, fucking why? It's not interesting. It makes me want to submit one of my guy friends and see if, male contestants are asked for their weight for the bachelorette because i guarantee they're not i guarantee they're not yeah um so interesting but anyways diversity yeah let's cast moms let's cast divorcees let's cast all these people but uh that being said that's a good segue into the next little hot seat moment we get of michael a again very much a bachelor cut they're giving him they ask him if he would be open to dating Katie again in the future if she wanted to. He says 100%. Then we talk to Katie. She kind of shuts that down, um, which to me is an indication that she's engaged to whoever she picks. Like, obviously, right. she's going to shut that down. Um, so For now. For now. 
yet for now. So Michael A gets a cute little Bachelor edit. But this is my thing with Michael A about being The Bachelor. Would I love a whole season of Michael A? Yes, I would love it. But they would have to do something like what they did with Emily Maynard, where her daughter was allowed to be with her the entire time. Because we just learned that Michael A cannot be away from his son for that long. Or it, it, like, and that's fine. That's totally understandable. But I would actually be really upset if Michael A were The Bachelor and had to be away from his son again. I'd be upset with him for taking it. And I would be upset with the network for not letting him have his son there. So if Michael A is going to be The Bachelor, which I would love, his son needs to be present. Um, Absolutely. And, like, I mean, Emily's daughter was there the whole time. Jason's son was there for most of his time as the lead. Like, maybe not when they were traveling, but, like, he was around for sure. And he came on some dates, too. So, like, which was weird, to be fair. But, (laughs) but, like... They have done it before, so it would be extremely weird if they didn't do it this time. And it's like, I get being protective, but, like, James doesn't have to meet anybody. James can only yeah. meet the person you propose to, if that's what you want. But, like, yeah. he should be able to have him with him, not have to be separated. And it's already so time-consuming. Like, I think Emily Maynard said this. She was like, it was like, all I feel like I do is, like, Ricky and I, like, sleep in the same place. And then I get up and, like, go do things. But they did accommodate her a lot. They accommodated yeah. a lot of what she wanted. She, when they were traveling, she was able to spend like a day with her daughter traveling around. Like I don't even remember where they went, like Rome or something. Yeah. Um. Remember when they used to travel on this show? Oh God. Uh, so, I miss it. I got a text from my friend. Speaking of when she was watching the other night, and she was like, "Every time I watch The Bachelorette, I keep wondering why they won't leave this resort." And then I remember the trauma of the last year and living through a pandemic, and that's why they're <laughs> not leaving the resort. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's yep. it." Yep. But they were very, they've been very accommodating before. So it would be really weird if they weren't for him. And I would be really frustrated with the franchise if they weren't for him. And I would be, like you said, frustrated if he he elected to do it, but then had to be apart from his son again. Yeah. Because we've learned that's just not going to work for him, which is totally fine. So then we get deleted scenes. And the only one really worth noting is when we see Michael A. say to Michael P. that his eyes are blue like a urinal cake. (laughs) The whole insult one, where'd you get that shirt? The shirt store? Who fucking said that? (laughs) Throw them in jail. It really made me laugh, because I was like, these guys, like, love drama, as we saw earlier in the episode, and yet when it comes to actually talking shit, they can't fucking do it. And then we also hear about the, like, don't jerk off challenge, which they keep referring to as the whoa, whoa challenge, because this is cable. Um, And one of the funniest things I've heard is when we hear that Michael was out of the competition quickly. And I was like, Michael, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I know. And then we also hear that Brendan said that he was already doing it because he was too tired to jerk off, (laughs) which I was pissing myself. I loved it. And then a lot of them agreed. They were all like, yeah, I was exhausted all the time. I was too tired. <laughs> I was and like, Blake is like, I'm doing it enough for all of them. <laughs> yeah, Blake is like at home masturbating to the tell-all. He's like, what do you guys mean? <laughs> but it was very funny. It was, it was. I, I was like, like the deleted scenes. We got good ones last season too. They're always funny. And that's yeah. part of why I like the men tell-all is because they do those and they do the bloopers, which are my favorites. Then in a very out of place moment, we see Caitlin and Jason get engaged in her podcast studio for no reason. Yeah. Um, if you're a fan of the show, you know that Caitlin and Jason got engaged. You've already seen the pictures. You've already seen the video. Like, right. Also, they, they, when the season aired, they were not engaged. They were just dating. 
But when Jason was on that date with Connor B and his little name thing came up, it said Jason, Caitlin's fiance. Right. So they have already told us that they're engaged. So I'm like, this feels very out of place. Why it was one of those this? Chris Harrison things where he used to bring on like a couple that was on Paradise in 1994. And they would come <laughs> on and be like, we have six kids. And we'd all be like, who the fuck is that? Like, it's Caitlin and Jason. So we obviously know who they are. But it's like, they used to do this a lot where they would just bring on someone so irrelevant. You're like, we don't actually uh, give a fuck. And Brendan, it was they brought Carly and Evan on that one time, and they were like, "Look at the Paradise Success story." And like two months later, they were getting divorced, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, mess." And like, we love Caitlyn and Jason; they are soulmates. It's amazing, but it's like, yeah, we all knew. Like, it's not. Yeah, it wasn't it's not anything it wasn't shocking. It wasn't a hot take that we thought. No, they were like trying to keep this evening interesting because there was not enough content. Um, but yeah, so Jason is here. Yay! That's what I wrote. So um, then we get. A very anticlimactic Katie hot seat um, where she basically all the guys just tell her how great she is. And then she accidentally calls Aaron Thomas and it's a big laugh and a half as a bit. Yeah. Big laugh and a half. And Aaron's like, that's my quote mortal enemy. Uh, Yeah. Which they had some funny little banter on social media later. And I was like, yeah, you guys are best friends. (laughs) Yeah. So. So. Very much a bit, very much she was like, let me do something funny, but it was, like, not that funny. I don't know. I really, going into this season, and still, I really like Katie, but, like, anticlimactic for me this season, and also this tell-all in her hot seat included in that. It's been fine. It hasn't been bad, but it hasn't been, like, great. I don't know. I'm not having, like, a great time. I'm kind of like, all right. Yeah. And I and it's weird because I really did like a lot of the guys. But I think they just weren't a particularly dramatic group. And the ones that yeah. were dramatic were dramatic in the wrong ways. So it just wasn't, it just wasn't that fun. So yeah. Katie comes out. She doesn't get, like, this is maybe why, I don't know. It's because it's why I like her because she is a good bachelorette. But at the same time, it was just like, nobody was hard on her. Like, everyone was just like we love you. You're great. And it was like, yeah, she is great. But even like okay. Tasha was a great bachelorette, but people like still had questions for her. Like, why did you tell right. all of us you love us? <laughs> it's not like, it's not like I'm asking people to grill her or like light her ass up. It's more just like, I, surely some of you have questions. Brendan, you could ask, why did you keep me until <laughs> top six and then like eliminate me? Like there's so much to be asked and like nobody did. And it was just kind of like, mm, womp, womp. so uh, yeah, I didn't love it. And then Connor B brings out his fucking ukulele again. And he's Emily, like, he's quirky. It's like, this is why I don't want him on paradise. I'm like, bitch, I enough. I've had enough. That had about a lifetime's fill of Connor with the fucking ukulele. He's like, I ha- couldn't leave without singing one more song. I'm like, you could have, you could have, you could have. And then he's like, I hope the guys will join in on the last part. And the it all is about how he didn't find love, but he found romance. And all the guys sing. Pretty cute at the end, not gonna lie, but also like, ugh, like shut the fuck up. I'm gonna smash that ukulele. It was it was a lot. Um... Sorry for and being then, so, like, cynical and mean, but I was just like, this is annoying at this point. So, anyway. Basically, at the end of the episode, um, I was reading some articles about predictions of things based on how the episode went. And a lot of the ones I was reading were remaining spoiler-free. So, the spoilers 
not spoilers, but the prediction for the winner was like, I guess Greg, because nobody thinks it could possibly be Blake Moynes, but I just have like a sick feeling in my stomach that it is. Yeah. Pit of my, here's the thing. So Blake wasn't even on the episode and I've been waiting to talk shit about him the whole time. So uh, first of all, listening to Blake's voice for eternity seems hell adjacent. Like having to hear him talk forever it's pretty much the closest you can get to hell without actually being down there, I think, in my opinion. The second thing is, there's all these people who are like Blake stands, and I don't know where they're coming from. And my question for the Blake fans is, what do you know about him that you haven't learned on his social media, but that you've learned actually from him being on the show that's not him being horny and not him being from Canada? What do you actually know about this man other than those two things? And it's not something you learned on social media. It reminds me a lot of, um, I like Lauren Burnham Lyndike a lot better than I like Blake Moynes, but it kind of reminds me of the edit she got on Ari season where it was clear they had chemistry. It was clear that she was a front runner, but we knew nothing about her. And I'm sure they discussed things about her just for some reason, either they deemed it boring or not audience worthy and we just didn't hear anything about her so when he dumped becca cooper in for lauren lyandyke we were like but becca is so interesting and fun and we know nothing about lauren right well and we've said it like they always play music over whenever she asks him a question and then he's talking about himself and they just like play music over it and it's like okay i know that they're having these conversations but you're making it impossible in my opinion, impossible for anybody to even root for him because we don't know anything about him. And that's why it always strikes me when people are like, I love Blake. I think Blake is her match because I'm like, literally, I'm actually asking, what do you know about him? Yeah, well, while we're on the subject of Blake Moynes, I was very sad that I didn't get to recap last week with you because we got more of Blake Moynes' art. I know. (laughs) Why? Why did they let him? what the fuck we still don't even know what it was it was so phallic it was so vulgar that they had to bleep the whole thing out disgusting yeah i uh, i hate them like that's the thing i'm like people are so on tiktok people are so defensive of this man and i'm like he's not interesting i don't get it i'm like i don't get it i don't get it i feel like aaron on the office i don't get it i'm sorry i don't get it (laughs) I feel like we've kind of felt that way about, like, everyone that has been liked this season. We've been like, Greg, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know know anything about anyone except Michael A. And that's the only person I care to know anything about. And to be fair, yeah. I think that that... was it. It was a boring tell-all. It was, yeah, I mean, it wasn't super exciting, and it was kind of like, as much as it's, like, Tell all. I I usually do like the tell all again because I like seeing the men together. But I also feel like we usually get at least two really good hot seats of like them lighting up some of the real villain guys. Like normally Thomas would have gotten like lit up. As nice as it is to see the guys, and as fun as it is to you know watch the bloopers and the cut scenes and stuff, that's the highlight. The interviews are boring. Although mm-hmm. I will say I prefer Tasha and Caitlin hosting. 100%. I was gonna say that they did a yeah. great job hosting like it was not their fault that it was boring it was just like there wasn't anything going on I liked them the whole season and they actually did just sign on to host for Michelle as well so that is very exciting for us Yay. so thank god was... and I've loved them and I think that the men tell all was like a true coming into their own as hosts and I enjoyed that for them I actually wouldn't like I like I would love if Tasha and Caitlin did every season of the bachelorette but I also think 
it might be nice if they did the same Tasha and Caitlyn type thing, but with two former bachelors for The Bachelor. Agreed. Like, that could be fun if they did, like, Ben and Nick or something like that. To um, I would love if Matt James did it, but I don't think he would come back to anything in the franchise. But if, like, Ben eh, Higgins yeah. and, like, Nick Vile did it or Sean Lowe was – like, something like that. Like, yeah. I feel like it's an interesting – don't get me wrong. I think Tasha and Caitlin would be great on The Bachelor as well. But I just think it's an interesting, like, having two people that were formerly in that role, I like, agree. come in and help. I agree because I've liked it with The Bachelorette. And I think with Paradise, what they're doing is kind of a cry for help. Clusterfuck. But yeah, it's a clusterfuck. It's a, yeah, it's a, 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 a crime. It's a fucking cry for help. But like, it's fine because it's Paradise and Paradise itself is a cry for help. Like, they used to do Bachelor Pad, which was even more of a cry for help. So, like, Paradise in itself is just stupid. So it's like, yeah, just bring in all the stupid people, whatever. We don't care. But. For Bachelor and Bachelorette, I think it would be really interesting to see, like... If, I would love if you... Um, former Bachelors. Yeah, and even I if would, they I would honestly it. like to see Nick. Even if it were just Nick, I'd be like, yeah. My father. And, like, well... Like, I would love to see Wells do some hosting, too. I mean, he is I like for how, Paradise, but... I like how I would, Wells... I would like more. Didn't how even did he go that here? far no, how did he? How did he get here? Like, he is such a... He's enigmatic to me, but I love him he is the franchise wells is yeah wells is the face of the franchise with that said franchise news so yeah so tasha and caitlin are going to do michelle's season um i feel like there was a big one oh raven is having a raven and adam Adam are having a baby which i'm very happy for them because they were very public about the fact that they wanted to have babies really soon and that's why they got married and they didn't want to keep postponing it and all that stuff. So I was kind of, I always get kind of nervous when people are that public about stuff like that. Cause I'm like, well, what if you can't, or like, what if you hit a roadblock? Like you just told everybody that like, you're trying to have a kid. Right. Like I was like a little bit nervous about it, but they got pregnant right away and sure she's did. having a baby. Love that. So that's exciting and cute. And paradise is so soon. So we will just hold out until then. Because, like, the end of this season, it's, like, ironically, as much as I feel like we liked the guys, I'm, like, I don't care about any of you. It's, like, the ones we liked went home. All the ones we liked went home. Again, like like, uh, Tara and I said last week, Justin fan club, I don't, he shouldn't be there. Why is he there? (laughs) Justin doesn't know why he's there. Justin doesn't um, even know. So it's like Justin who we love, but like, no. And then Greg and Blake, who Kayla and I very publicly are like, I don't get it. With that said, oh, also, I hope that Carl and Queen Victoria get together on Paradise. Manifest that. Manifesting. <laughs> Most insufferable couple of all time. More likely, they're going to get in a fist fight on the beach and both get eliminated. <laughs> they would be more insufferable than Crystal and Chris, which was pretty bad. No. I, yeah, they would be so bad. Like, so, like, <laughs> they won't because they're insufferable for different, in different ways, although maybe opposites attract, but that's the couple I'm manifesting. The rest of it, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, Anyways, with that said, that's that. Um, that's what we have to look forward to. What a grim life we lead. <laughs> <laughs> that is dark. Um, <laughs> that is dork sided. Uh, hometowns next week. Uh, for three people that we literally don't care about i can't promise that next week's episode will be longer than 15 minutes like i don't (laughs) think that i will retain anything um so i literally i'm intrigued to meet blake's family to be honest yeah because it's the only thing that i'll know about him watch him have the best family 
I guarantee Blake is going to have, like, the nicest, most lovely family, and we're going to be like, what the fuck? Like, where did he... (laughs) Well, it'll be officially the only thing I know about him, if they're, if, like, they're nice. I'll be like, oh, he's a nice family. Great. One fact. Like, so, we'll fucking see. I don't know. I'm hoping there's some family drama. I'm like, let's, someone get in a fight. So, with that said, thank you all for joining us. For For the men tell nothing. The men tell nothing. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe, rate, leave a review, go follow us on Instagram, all the usual stuff. Um, and we will see you guys next week for hometowns, which tragically will not include Michael A. We are in mourning, don't text. Moment of silence. And the sad violin music plays in memoriam of Michael A's time. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night.